Hi, this is Liz Calandrino, and welcome to Fired Up Success. You know, Albert Schweitzer once said, in everyone's life at some time, our inner fire goes out. It is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who can rekindle that inner spirit. My passion is to connect people who will share their stories about how they rekindled their own spirits, and I know will spark fire in your life too. Good morning. Hi, Liz. Hello, everyone out there. This is Lizbeth Calandrino, and you're tuned in to Fired Up Success. Uh, Fired Up Success is about, you know, looking for people who are um, really into what they do. You know, they've made pathways and changes in many things in their lives. And um, I do this because I want to find out what's going on in the world. And I want to get smarter so that I can be a better business coach. So this morning, I'm coming to you from 107.3 FM, which is community radio in Albany, New York. And I am really delighted today to have with me Dr. Lisa Henkel. And she is the CEO at Pathways to Academic Excellence. And well, before that, she's got 30 years of experience as a teacher, principal, curriculum leader, and superintendent. Uh, She specializes in creating, implementing, and managing plans to support and improve school leadership and student achievement. Wow, that's that's, uh, quite a mouthful there, Lisa. Thanks, Liz. Yep, it's been a great journey. So tell us, you know, I think one of the things, maybe this a little bit off, I want to everyone to know what you do but you know right now we're all involved with the schools you know even if we don't have kids we're worrying about whether I run with a woman in the morning and she was talking about her 11 year old and you know he's been home and you know he's going to camp now so he's happy but can you just give us an idea a little bit idea about you know your your take on it Sure. Well, you know, my work right now, really, as you've just mentioned, centers around helping schools, school leaders, um, working on their improvement plans and creating the the kind of change they need for um, enhanced student achievement. And so you can imagine when uh, we entered this era of pandemic that schools had a, a whole new way of looking at how they were doing business. So it's a very challenging time for those of us in education, especially for those in the trenches. And um, it just takes right now just a different lens and a different focus um, and even more challenging for those school districts who are already in the throes of school improvement. Well, you know, all of a sudden schools have become very transparent, right? Right. Well, you know, many... um, are really uh, in a better place right now than they were when the initial shutdown happened. Um, I think it was uh, a a time when schools really needed to pivot and to find solutions for a number of of issues that were facing them that really didn't have direct impact on, uh, on student achievement, but were directly related to 
you know, safety and, um, you know, things like making sure that schools, um, the students that were there were receiving, you know, breakfast and, and lunches and making sure everybody had the technology that they needed to try to connect to keep the learning process going. So I think schools, school leaders, parents, students were all looking at education in a different way, which was, you know, how can we now connect remotely so that we can, um, we can just be together to keep the learning process moving forward. And also, as I mentioned, you know, how school leaders were going to make sure kids and families were safe and were connected. I'll tell you, I think, you know, based on what they had, what they had to work with, which was really nothing. I mean, they didn't know how to do that. I mean, I think they've taken a very complicated issue and, you know, really worked hard at it. And, you know, it just keeps changing for them. Right. Right. And, and, you know, so does the guidance and, um, and that's to be expected as we learn more, um, we, we know better about how to approach it. But, you know, my philosophy in working with schools um, throughout has always been, you know, when things get um, incredibly complicated, crazy, I mean, the best thing sometimes is just to slow it down and to take it step by step and to think thoughtfully about how to proceed. Now, when the pandemic hit, I mean, that threw all of us into a tailspin. And first and foremost, schools and school leaders, again, needed to make sure kids were safe, they were accounted for, they had food, they had technology. And, you know, that was a very individualistic kind of approach because no two schools are the same and no two districts are the same. So some definitely had an easier go of that than others, but I wouldn't say it was easy in any stretch of the imagination for anyone. Um, I think we learned a lot as educators going through that process. I think we learned, um, you know, that we're resilient and that um, with hard work and dedication, we'll figure it out. It's, um, you know, sort of this work in process, if you will. So I think now as we enter the new school year, things will be a bit more um, settled than they were when things shut down initially. But there's still a lot of, um, you know, worry out there about how to make this happen and how to do this work so that um, it's in the best interest of student and student learning. Well, now you're what you do. Let's talk about what you do and how you got there, because my hunch is at this point, you know, if you're working with school principals, I mean, they're the ones that have to make a lot of decisions for teachers, I would assume, or with teachers. So tell us how you got to where you are, because it's very interesting that you do coaching for principals and schools. Right. So, you know, my experience in K-12 education um, was as a teacher and administrator, as you mentioned earlier. And I've always known that throughout that time, even when I decided to leave the classroom and become an assistant principal, my interest was really becoming uh, more um, focused around curriculum instruction projects. So I really liked getting into the mix and trying to find solutions um, two things that were facing, you know, us as educators, whether it was, you know, curriculum revision or enhancing instruction. Um, and so the work that I started doing um, with schools, you know, with the National Center for Time and Learning was really um, probably one of the best experiences I had in that um, you know, I was able to work every day with school leaders who were really interested and passionate about making change 
and about, um, you know, enhancing um, the success of their students. And, you know, that sort of just snowballed into, you know, working with various school districts in, in New York State, in Connecticut and Massachusetts, and, um, you know, working with um, the city school district of Syracuse primarily, um, when the National Center, which was a non-for-profit, sort of ran out of funding and they were looking for some work to be continued there. And, 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 um, and I was able to, to do that. And from that work, um, you know, I needed to um, sort of create my own vendor number and an LLC, and that's how Pathways was sort of created. And so now I work with the State Ed Department on a project with um, 11 districts in the state who are striving and working really hard for school improvement with principals who are interested in um, working in an enhancing principal leadership cohort. And I also still work um, privately with districts who want um, support with school improvement efforts. And I really love this work. For those of you who have just joined us, this is Lizbeth Calandrino, and you're listening to a success and what's going on in our community, particularly Albany. I'm coming to you from 107.3 FM um, Community Radio. Now, Lisa, tell us what is National Center for Time and Learning? What, what is that? Well, it, it was uh, a non-for-profit that was um, really uh, did some great work around helping schools improve the quantity and quality of time that they had for students. Um, and so they would work with districts in um, extending their learning day and improving the time they had within that day. Um, again, it was a, a great opportunity. Um, again, non-for-profit ran out of funding, but I continue to do that work um, as I, and I still uh, use a lot of, of their philosophy and the work that I do today. So um, that was uh, um, a really great um, organization that really helped a number of school districts. You know, the governor hasn't called you yet, has he, or has he? I hope he has, for heaven's sakes. It looks to me like you've got <laughs> a lot of experience, and somebody <laughs> should be tapping into that, Lisa. Well, you certainly are, Liz, and I'm thankful for that. But, um, you know, I've, I'm, again, working with the State Ed Department uh, on a project with them, and that's been incredibly rewarding, um, working with um, principals in 11 of the districts around the state that are really in the trenches day in and day out, trying to do the great work to improve student success. And for me, I mean, that's just um, my dream job. And I love working with those as a thought partner, as a, a coach, in helping them in a number of different ways. Um, and uh, it's, been in, it's been interesting for me as well. When the pandemic, pandemic hit, we were uh, no longer in school. So I would spend uh, a, 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 about a day every uh, six to eight weeks in each of the schools with principals. And we could no longer um, get into schools for obvious reasons. So we had to do our work remotely as well. So for me, um, where you know most of my work was done embedded in in schools with school leaders and leadership teams, um, working on school improvement plans and creating action plans and executing those plans. 
Um, now was was um, all moved remotely too. So for me, it was um, you know getting in the know with Google Meets, with Zoom, WebEx, and really trying to find um, the most successful way to continue the work with with educators who were really in the trenches trying to do a number of things, including school improvement work. So uh, I give those folks a ton of credit um, because they're incredibly passionate about their their students and their teachers. So this year, as we start again, we'll be remote and we'll be working with our um, our our principals remotely. And you know there there are pluses and minuses to everything. And sometimes in in at times like this, we're looking for that silver lining. But really, what I found with the remote um, opportunity is that you can really bring a variety of people together um, to have a conversation, uh, you know, on Zoom or on WebEx or whatever platform you choose to use. But you can, um, you know, you can bring people together at various times from from various places, which, um, you know, in a normal school day or school year, that would sometimes be very challenging to do. So, there are ways to to try to look for you know where are the the pluses um, to this type of communication right now and how can we leverage it and maximize it to um, meet our goals. You know all the conversations you and I have had, you were always really positive, and it's interesting where you're talking about the um, not being able to be face to face, and something you said just made me think. You know. You were having, let's say you're having a meeting in school with a principal and a few other places, people. You Years ago, you wouldn't have thought about Zoom. You wouldn't have said, you know, let's bring in so-and-so, right? Let's have five or six other people here. You know, as much as this is difficult in a way, because we're so used to being in the same room with somebody, there are some real positives about it. You know, somebody from, you know, I, I'm doing a, a Zoom uh, for realtors. And I'm bringing in um, a architectural a rep from Benjamin Moore Paint. Now they wouldn't be able to come in. It's you know they're not even in they're not even in the state, but they're going to be there. And so there may be some gifts to this when it comes to how we connect. What do you think, Lisa? Absolutely, absolutely, Liz. And I think that's the one thing that when I'm working with principals, and it's incredibly difficult because they have so many different challenges that they're looking to address every day um, during this pandemic. But one of the things that we've been able to sort of um, think about is, you know, how uh, possible was it before to say, get a grade level of teachers together or a department together? I mean, you'd be, um, you know, looking at maybe once a month at, at, at a grade level meeting or a department meeting and pulling everybody from different places together in a room to have a conversation or to, you know, work on a project. And now we can do that easily through this remote type of, you know, platform. So um, I worked with a district downstate just recently um, on, um, they had a, um, a state, um, school improvement plan they needed to submit for their district. And they had contracted me to help them with that work um, before the pandemic. And the plan was for me to go out there um, and help them 
you know, spend X amount of days working with their team to create their plan, do the, um, you know, root cause analysis and, you know, analyzing data, coming up with uh, action plans and executing on those. Um, and we couldn't do that. So we did it remotely. And it was, um, it's not the same as being face-to-face, -face, but you see, you can see everyone. You can all be on the call. And we were able to put together an entire district improvement plan that way because we could pull people all together for a remote meeting. And the same can be done with grade levels of teachers or department. Um, you may have folks who are, um, for whatever reasons, they have um, children at home or other commitments. And um, it may be at, you know, seven o'clock at night or a nine o'clock on a Saturday or two o'clock on a Tuesday where everybody's available, but you can pull people together for a call where, you know, in the past, you would really have to plan those out on a calendar and everyone would have to come from wherever they are to a meeting. So I do think in that regard, we can gather together uh, easier in at least a virtual way right now. And we've learned to do that through this. And I think that is, you know, part of a silver lining there. Yeah, you know, with your 30 years of experience as a teacher, principal, curriculum leader and superintendent, you really have, you know, a long time view of this, but you also are able to look at this in different ways. That's what probably makes you, you know, such a great coach. Can you just share the process? Like, where do I find you? I mean, of course, you're well known in your industry, but what's the process like, Lisa? Well, um, I think, you know, the the um, question you ask about the various experiences and sort of how they all, you know, sum up. I mean, I think in, in 30 years of a leadership position in any industry, you know, you've had your bumps in the road, you've had your successes, you sort of learn, you know, along the way about what works and what doesn't. And, and I think all of that sort of has helped shape sort of who I am today and how I help and coach principals, right? So one of the things that you know, you, you sort of um, learn along the way and are able to offer up is around sort of how do you pace this? How do you begin a process of, of um, change, of initiative, whatever it is you might be working on? Um, and, you know, looking at where um, an organization is, where they want to be, and then creating a a thoughtful, successful plan on how to get there. One that, you know, is able to be um, implemented in a way that, you know, there's, there's support there, the timing is right, the pacing is right, Set it, sort of setting it up for success. And, you know, in education in New York has always gone, if you're in the trenches, you know, it seems that change is, constant. We all know that. And there are multiple mandates that are, you know, uh, that we're being asked to implement regularly. And now, you know, you, you, we even have an added challenge of figuring out how to work within this pandemic. So it's really getting in and analyzing sort of where the current um, state of the state is with any school district organization, finding out where they want to be, um, what the end goal is and sort of working um, 
working back from that and setting it up for success at a, you know, with regard to what a, a particular um, organization can handle um, with support, with, you know, pacing and, and that and the like. Um, so for me, people find me in different ways. It's word of mouth. There's my website. Um, and um, what I really value and love about this work that I do now is that people that look for me are really looking for making change and want a thought partner and a coach to do that. And for me, that's just, that's not work. That's what I'd love to do. Yeah, I was, I was just listening to you as you were describing, you know, how you feel about it. And, you know, that comes through whenever you talk. And I think that excitement and, you know, along with your many, many years of experiences and in different areas of the school system makes you a, a really valuable asset to, you know, what's changing in this country. Because there's I don't know if there's anything that's going to be the same as it was before. I hear people say, well, when it goes back, you know, I have clients that say, well, you know, when we get back to, I said, what, how is it ever going to be back? I mean, half the people don't want to cook it. Nobody wants to cook at home. Everybody's ordering out, you know, they're ordering everything online. I mean, what do you see about that? Changes? Yeah. Well, I think we all are referring to this as a new normal. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, again, there have been some, real positive things. We have to look for the positive that, that, that comes out of a situation like this. Um, you know, again, you know, in, in 30 years of doing anything, you, um, you know, you learn more sometimes from the things that didn't go the way you wanted them to go. And certainly this isn't a way that anybody wanted uh, the, the school year to end or begin. But I think we have learned um, that we are resilient students are resilient that um you know maybe we've learned that we have we still have much to learn about technology and how that can help connect us as educators and students and um so we have learned some things i mean there are many aspects of my my background as you mentioned um you know i um am a teacher and an educator but i'm also a parent uh i also did a stint on the school board um in my town um, so, you know, when you have those various um, sort of viewpoints and experiences, um, you know, you put it together and you say, this is, this is where we are. And I think this is why I really started Pathways and why I'm excited to continue the work. You know, this is, you know, finding your, your, your current space and identifying where you want to be and then creating that pathway uh, to get there. And I think, you know, it's, it's a journey. Um, I consider myself a thought partner. Um, and, and I, I really um, believe in the process. You know, you mentioned that, you know, we often learn, well, we, I think we actually do learn more from when we fail because when everything is going along the way we like it, you know, we, we don't take in a lot of outside information because we don't think we need to, but when, you know, things are different, really different, and everything is challenged. That's when, you know, that's that's when we learn. Like, I like you call yourself a thought partner. And your company 
pathways to academic excellence. And you just said it for really the first time. You said you mentioned pathways. And maybe that is that why you named your company Pathways to Academic Excellence? It's a wonderful name. Oh, thanks, Liz. Yes, it is, because that's really what I love to do is really help those who are looking for a coach um, or who may be, may be struggling. And, you know, we've been at this for so long. We've, we're not making the kind of progress or gains that we'd like to have. Um, you know, we just need somebody else to come on in here and work with us. And so I don't go in with any preconceived notions or solutions or cans of, you know, promised success. It's okay. Let's get our hands in the, in the work. Let's figure out um, what it is you want to do, where you are and what we need to do to get there. And again, working with people who have that desire is, is just incredibly rewarding for me. Um, I, you know, I think one of the things as you mentioned, you know, learning, best when things you know don't don't go so well for us i mean i'm sure if you if you were able to ask every administrator who's you know just gone through the the march pandemic you know sort of shutdown to the september opening you know if you could go back and do anything over again what would it be i'm i'm sure everyone would have something to say about geez you know i i would have done this or i would have done that differently and i think when you do that for 30 years and then you sit and you, you, with their journey, you know, you pull from that experience and you can say, you know, um, what about this? Have you tried that? Let's be careful around this. And it just works. And I, again, I love working with people and, you know, Pathways has been a tremendous success and um, I look forward to, you know, doing this work for many years to come. You know, you said that you, you know, you work with um, principals and you come in as a thought leader and as, you know, as a consultant. There have got to be times, Lisa, when you go in and people say, okay, Lisa, tell me what I need to do. You've been at this for 30 years. You must know all the answers and you, you know what I'm supposed to do. Tell me. You ever get that? Yeah. And I have to be careful because I'm the kind of person who wants to go in and say, okay, guys, you know, here we go. But um, it's really what I love to be in, in, in the way of uh, a thought partner, a coach, a professional developer, if you will, is building capacity within a team or with instructional leaders and um, educational leaders, really building their capacity because I share with them that if I've done my job, you won't need me anymore. And I really believe that. So I don't want to go in and, um, and you know, do the work for them, if you will, but to guide them and, and go through the process and help build the capacity so that they see that they can do this work. And, um, and again, I know that I've done my job when when they don't need my help anymore. Oh my goodness. Yeah. As a business coach, I get, sometimes I'll go in and they'll say, well, you must know the answer to this. And, you know, I always say, well, I may have an answer, but you know, every. Here. So it sounds very much like that's, you know, you have to be that way, right? 
Absolutely. And I may know in my mind what I might do if I were sitting in their shoes, but giving them that information rather than having them discover in that information is there's just two different kinds of things. And as a coach, you sort of have to know when to do that. Right. So it's similar to a coach trying to teach somebody how to swing a golf club or do anything else. I mean, you you have to sort of know when to to pull back and when to support. Um, but the thing that I really want to do is inspire so that people feel confident that they can do this work. Um, when I go into a district, I don't know their data. I don't know their programming. I don't know their, their people. So they know best what they're working with. I just really want to help them develop um, the skills and the, um, the confidence, the ability to sort of go through the, the process of looking at data, looking at root causes, coming up with action plans. And then the most important piece that I see in my work is when they've they've got the great plan, but they really are struggling with the implementation. And, you know, that's sort of another one of my um, areas that I love to delve into is, okay, let's see why it's not executing. Lisa, you're not gonna believe this, but our time is up. I can't believe it went by so quickly. Um, Everybody out there, you know, I've been speaking with Lisa, Dr. Lisa Henkel, who is CEO at Pathways to Academic Excellence. And Lisa is out there working with school districts and principals, you know, helping them determine plans um, to improve what they do and to uh, deal with the change that is out there that we're all experiencing. Lisa, how would they get a hold of you? Should, is there a way? Should they give us a, how they can do that? Oh, sure. So my, um, you know, uh, Pathways to Academic Excellence is, uh, you know, have a website there. There's a way to contact me right through that website and, you know, be happy to talk to anybody who's interested in, um, you know, creating a a journey through a a change process or an improvement plan. Lisa, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, and everybody, uh, it will be up on the site so that you can, um, there'll be some more information about uh, Dr. Henkel and, you know, her thought process. So thank you again. Um, Again, this is uh, 107.3 FM, Community Radio in Albany, New York. Thank you.